Who said that? <laughs> so as we come today, a beautiful day that the Lord has given us, cooled it off, right? Beautiful weather, it's supposed to be rainy, and it's not. Um, beautiful week that we had. I just want to start by saying for some of you, you may be frustrated with what I say next. <laughs> That's going to start well, right? Let's break the ice. Um, so two weeks into our Q&A FAQ series, um, this Thursday night after everyone left for VBS, I sat right over there in that window. Well, not actually in the window, uh, but I sat where Brad's sitting now, and I sat there and I began to pray and just seek the Lord to give me something for this coming weekend um, to go along with the series that we were in. And I have to tell you that we're starting a new series today. All right. <laughs> um, if you haven't noticed or not, I may have been misdiagnosed with ADHD, um, although I, I hate to sit in the same place and sit in the same thing too, too long. I will, however, those questions that you've submitted, do my best in submitting to you a response. But to be honest with you, as I began to pray, God just clearly communicated to me the title chain breaker, chain breaker. Let me just ask you, have you ever felt like you've been entangled by something? I mean, you've ever been entangled by sin, you've ever been entangled by greed, you've ever been entangled by pride, you've ever been entangled by, uh, you know, strife or shame or your own identity. I mean, there's so many things that you and I can become entangled by, and here's what happens. These entanglements rob us of the joy that God has come to give to us. So here's what I want to do. Beginning this series titled Chain Breakers, we are going to be discussing things that can entangle us and attempt to rob us of our joy. Our goal throughout these discussions is to allow the Word of God and the Spirit, to, Spirit of God to break the strongholds that can keep us captive and prevent us from cherishing the life that God desires for us to live. So that's what I want to do today. Now, I will go ahead and warn you right now, next weekend is a PG-13, all right? So if you have kids under the age of 14, 13, 15, they need to go to Children's Church next week. I'm just going to give you a warning now uh, so they can, you can make the arrangements for that, all right? But we're going to be looking at things over the next few weeks that can entangle us, rob us of our joy, and then what will happen is they will hold us captive to the point that we will suffice in the counterfeit of Satan in life that we will just grow content in satisfying our hearts and our souls in the counterfeit aspects of life that Satan wants you to thrive upon. This first week, we're going to begin in Colossians chapter 3, and I want to discuss the breaking of chains or discuss the chains of comparison and envy. So if you have your Bibles, go to Colossians chapter 3, starting in verse 1. And we're just going to read the two verses here at the beginning of chapter 3 before we move on. <clears throat> I'll just tell you over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about particular immorality like next Sunday. We're going to talk about greed and money. We're going to talk about slothfulness, laziness, different things that can entangle us and rob us from, from experiencing and cherishing the life and the joy that the Lord has come to give us. So if you have your Bibles, Colossians, Colossians chapter 3, starting in verse 1, we read this. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, 
where Christ is. Where is he? He's seated at the right hand of God. And set your minds on things that are what? Above. Not on things that are on earth. So I'm going to read that again. I want you to notice there's two active or action words here, seek and set. So if you have been raised with Christ, this is to people who are born again believers. These are people that have called upon the name of Christ. These are people that have surrendered themselves to him and been born again by the power of the gospel and his Holy Spirit transforming them. So if you and I have been raised with Christ, we have been born again, we are to what? Seek the things where? That are above. And then where he is, seated at the right hand of God. And then we are to what? Set our minds. So seek means to desire and pursue. So I am to desire and to pursue the things that are where? Above rather than on the earth. And I am to set my mind, which means to focus to desire, to dwell upon, and to long for mentally the things where? Above and not on the earth. So for those of us who have been raised with Christ, we are born again, we are new creations. Surely the old things, the old ways have been killed, put to death, passed away, and behold, new has come. Through this transformation process, the power of the Holy Spirit is to give to you and to me new Desires. These new desires are things that we should seek and set our minds upon. And if we are truly raised with Christ, we are to seek, desire, pursue things that are heavenly, right? And we are to set our minds upon, focus upon, think about, and dwell upon things that are heavenly. But here is the thing that we all can become captive to. If we are not careful, we will allow the devil to distract us from our heavenly blessings that God gives to us. And we, in place of that, will be satisfied with the counterfeits or the earthly things that Satan wants to cause you and I to dwell upon, to seek, and to set our minds upon. If you remember in Romans chapter 1, Paul wrote that people over time began to worship and to serve what? The creation rather than the creator. That they began to celebrate, worship, and to serve things that are on the earth rather than he who is above. John 10.10 says that the thief comes to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. But Christ came to give life and life more abundantly. We know that the devil is truly the ultimate deceiver and thief, and that he wants to steal your joy in any way possible. And one of his tactics is to entangle you and I, myself, in these chains of comparison or covetousness. So today, whenever we discuss this, we're going to share, I'm going to look at three points. I'm going to reference a few different scriptures, but I want you to think about what it is that you truly seek in this life. What is it that you desire for your heart? What is it that you set your mind upon? And what is it that you dwell upon? What is it that you truly focus your mind on? Are they things of above or are they things of the earth? So what we're wanting to do is to break the chains of comparison and covetousness because what will happen is these two are rooted, they're stemmed in the same thing that we are setting our minds upon, that we are seeking and that we are desiring things that are below. And we'll get there in just a second. So point number one is this, chronic comparers, chronic comparers. 
Culture desires for you and me to become chronic comparers, constantly robbing us from the blessings that God has given us. Satan wants you and I to be entangled, chained by comparison. Now, what happens is this chaining, constantly comparing ourselves with others, will actually lead to envy or covetousness, which if you remember the story of Moses as he set the people free and he was leading them through the wilderness and he went up to get the Ten Commandments. Do you remember one of the One of those Ten Commandments given by God to Moses as they were to navigate this new life of freedom was that, was what? That they shall not covet, they shall not desire, they shall not seek anything that belonged to their neighbors. So all the way back to Moses, we see God is approaching the hearts of people because he knows that if you and I are not careful, we will be focused upon the things that are below, the things that are around us, those tangible things that we can hold, and that if you have more than me, I will grow bitter. Or if I have more than you, you may grow bitter. Or if you have better than me, then what God is doing is he is warning the people all the way back in Moses' time that you and I should not set our hearts on the things that we have versus the things that they have so that you and I do not grow bitter and covet or desire. Culture wants you and me to constantly compare vehicles, homes, salaries, vacations, social media feeds, and etc. Constantly to compare ourselves with those who are around us. This becomes dangerous when we believe that these earthly things are the source of our satisfaction, that these things will truly satisfy our longing hearts. And we grow bitter because we're always seeking, desiring, or always setting our minds upon, focused on what it is that we do not have and those people do. We don't do this just with money. We don't do this just with vacations. We don't do this just with vehicles. We do this in religious matters as well. If you and I are not careful, we can wish to have a greater following. We can wish to have a bigger platform We can wish to have a more impactful role in the church because maybe they're making a bigger impact than we are or they're getting more recognition than I am. And then we will do all of this out of a heart that is longing to have what we do not have, longing to possess what other people have. And this is where it grows very, very dangerous in the church world. Did you know that I did absolutely nothing all week at VBS? Did you know that? Some of y'all did know that. Other than win the tiebreaker for my team Thursday night because they needed me. But, you know, I did nothing. Did you know that there were tens of people, I mean, 30 adults other than me that did so much more than I could have ever done? There were people that sacrificed their time daily for multiple hours to serve food or to clean up after kids and, and to sacrifice of their time to play games with kids. Do you know how challenging it is to play a game with a kid? And there was like 45 of them. And these people are over there just smiling and, and, you know, just say, just, you know, just no, no, don't do that. No, 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 get behind the, I mean, just, just smiling and sacrificing and serving. Do you know what can be dangerous though is that those people don't think that they're doing anything for the Lord because they're not behind a pulpit. You know that you probably did more this week than I did. If you just play, Scott, don't even start with me. (laughs) But you all that did things this week, you may not think of it as that. Like, well, I don't have a following or I don't have much of an impact or an influence. Listen to me. Yes, you do. 
Now, what we can do is we can say, well, all I did was play games with kids or all I did was clean up after they left or all I did was cook. And if we aren't careful, even in our church world, even in our religious matters, in our Christian walk, if you and I are setting our minds upon things that are below, things on the earth, things that we see and do and touch, then you and I can fall captive to and entangled by comparison. Listen, whenever I got into ministry, I've shared the story that I put all six people to sleep, you know, and I remember thinking to myself that in order for me to know that God's truly called me to do this, then I will preach to more and more people. And over time, it's kind of like walking up the corporate ladder, you know, the church will get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. You know, and then I began to desire, man, I wish I could be like Pastor Jason in North Carolina, and he wore skinny jeans and a long beard and looked real cool and had a big platform. And, and then I began to think, God didn't call me to live his life. God called me to live my life, fulfilling my duty, walking in my blessings from the Lord, just as he has called you to do your duty. So if you and I aren't careful, we will look at what other people have and think, man, they're just doing so much more than me. They're just so much better than me. They're so much holier than me. They're doing so much more for the Lord than me. And here's what happened. You will be robbed of the blessings that God has given to you. You will be robbed from recognizing the gifts that God has given to you. You will be robbed from, entangled by this comparison chain that will grow you to covetousness, and then you will be longing to have what they have. Listen, just as God did not create me to walk in Pastor Jason's shoes, God did not create you to walk in their shoes. God has called you and created you and empowered you to fulfill the duty that he has called you to do, and he's given you the resources to do so. So what I want you to do is to stop comparing yourself to other people, especially when it comes to your service for the Lord or or your impact for his name. But culture wants you and me to grow constantly comparing and become chronic comparers, constantly looking at what they have, what I do not have, what they possess, what I don't possess, how they live, how I don't live, what service they can do, what gifts they have, how much impact they make, and what little I do. Point number two is this. Envy exposes emptiness. Envy exposes emptiness. See, Jesus warned us while he walked on the earth that where our hearts are, you will find what we treasure most. Where our hearts are, you will find what we treasure most. If those be heavenly things, our hearts will seek and desire and our minds will be set upon heavenly things. If we treasure earthly things, our hearts will desire, seek, and our minds will be set upon what? Earthly things. And if we look for earthly things to satisfy our souls, You and I will be constantly disappointed, but what we will do is we will allow this emptiness to expose, or we will allow this envy of these earthly things, this envy of what they have and what I don't, to expose the emptiness that's certainly in us. That emptiness in our hearts cannot be fulfilled by anything that this world can give you. It can only be satisfied by Christ. You and I were created to dwell in relationship with Christ. Christ our Lord. And if you and I try to satisfy our hearts or our souls with anything but him, we will be constantly empty. We'll be constantly disappointed. And that emptiness will be seen in our envy, our covetousness of what we do not have. So when you think about earthly treasures, we see that earthly treasures are marked by MSRPs, 
loan amounts, interest rates, price tags, data availabilities. And I will be the first to admit that I find pleasure and love certain earthly things from time to time. I'll be first to admit that. I love the smell and the thrill of a new vehicle. Anybody else? Like you'll go into 10 years worth of debt just to have that smell that lasts like three weeks, right? I mean, we'll do it. It smells great. The, the car, the leather's real soft. The seats are clean. The floorboard's clean. There's no goldfish under the seats and all that. Like I love it. I love the smell and the thrill of a new car. I love vacation. And in about 43 and a half days, I'll be on one. Can't wait. I'm ready. I truly enjoy exercising with our faith and fitness family, my wife, and I enjoy purchasing the equipment, the clothing to do so. I love it. There's certain things. You know, just yesterday I realized I might have found my calling. Just yesterday I realized that I might be playing golf more than just random Saturdays. I might be playing from Thursday through Sunday one of these days. Um, No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But, you know, I had fun. I spent a little bit more on these golf balls that I ended up hitting into the trees. And some young kid this fall is going to love me because they're going to be thinking, man, dad, this guy stunk. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. But guess what? That hobby is expensive, especially when you hit to the right like I do. But I love earthly treasures. I love and I find joy in earthly things. I love satisfying my, my heart sometimes with earthly things. I love going out with friends and I love paying too much money on or spending too much money on food. I love watching my kids participate in various events. I love watching them enjoy the many attractions of a silver dollar city or a similar place. I love these things. I cherish these things. But here is the dangerous and the troubling place. The troubling place is that when these things become what we seek and what we desire more than that of the Lord, we are in trouble. When we desire to make ourselves happy with these earthly pleasures rather than satisfy our souls with the abundance of life that Jesus came to offer, then you and I will be, we will be sadly mistaken. We will be certainly in trouble. Heavenly treasures are immeasurable. When we seek them, we will have no room for comparison. I cannot compare the amount of bloodshed that Christ offers to me as he does offer to you. How is that true? Because it's the exact same. The immeasurable riches of his mercy and his grace, I cannot measure. I can't put a price tag on. I can't put a measuring marker on. Therefore, if you and I truly seek heavenly things that we cannot measure, there is no room for comparison. So these heavenly treasures result in the fullness of joy, the fullness of peace, and the fullness of life. So what I'm saying is, if you are looking for earthly treasures to satisfy your heart, you will be in trouble because a little bit becomes a little bit more, which becomes a little bit more, which leaves you a little more empty and a little more empty. And over time, you're constantly racing from one thing to the other to satisfy the depths of your heart that only Jesus Christ can do. And then what will happen is over time, this emptiness within you will lead to envy because, well, I guess they're satisfied because they're smiling on Facebook and they're going on vacation and they're making an impact for the Lord. And you will just grow constantly more and more covet and envy of other people. And point number three, and the final point I want to make is this, contentment in place of covetness. Contentment in place of covetness. So let me just ask you before I begin this last part, 
Have you ever found yourself comparing yourself to someone else? Just raise your hand and be honest. You know, one thing I shared in one of our main up groups is this. I love the movie Space Jam. Anybody like the movie Space Jam with Michael Jordan? Not the new one with LeBron. That one's garbage, right? But the original Space Jam with Michael Jordan. In fact, Jeff Gibson's got some Air Jordan 1s on tonight, or today. He's got brand new ones in. He's loving them, yeah. And they're purple and yellow. I don't know why, but whatever. Uh, I guess the uh, LSU Tigers are going to be good this year. Yeah, right. But anyway, I love that movie. Space Jam, I love it. My kids love it. You know, the best. there's two parts that are the best parts in that movie. The first part is the very first, like, three or four minutes of all the highlights of Michael Jordan playing ball. See, because I grew up and he was kind of fading out of the NBA as I was growing up. And, and I got to watch him play for the Wizards where he looked like just an average old man and, and doing things that people did at the YMCA. But I remember thinking to myself, man, he is so good. And, and for the longest time, for the longest time, I stood firm and would argue with anyone, including a wall, that LeBron James was better. No, not anymore. Michael's the GOAT, all right? Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time. But I remember watching this movie and thinking, man, look at Michael Jordan and look at all this, and now I want his shoes. But the best part in that movie to me is when Stan, you remember Stan from the movie? The guy that falls into the dugout and he digs the hole. He goes and he gets Michael, and they win the ball game, and the aliens go back, and, and Michael Jordan is being flown into the baseball game with Stan. And do you remember the movie? If you remember, you remember the, the UFC, shows up to the baseball stadium and all these people are just staring up into the sky and here comes Stan out with a big megaphone and he turns back and I remember this picture because I always wanted to be this guy I remember thinking as a kid and as even an adult and as a 31 year old almost 32 whenever Stan walks down the stairs and he's looking up and he says ladies and gentlemen Michael Jordan. And Michael Jordan comes down the stairs, and I remember thinking to myself, I want to be that guy. But I blew out my ankle in high school. Or I would have been, you know, like, I want to be that guy. I want the entire world to recognize me as the greatest in my craft. I remember thinking as a kid, and even as a young man, thinking, man, if I could just be like Michael Jordan. But thank God, I'm not. He is great in what he does, but God did not create me to be six foot seven, jump out of a gym, and be able to play basketball better, better than anybody else. Um, I can beat Alves' fourth grade girls team because sometimes I have to put them in their place and remind them that I'm not no scrub. But, but <laughs> if I'm not careful, I will grow in envy of people that have platforms bigger than mine salaries bigger than mine. And what will happen is I will grow envying, I will grow to envy what they have, and it will be a stemming result of the emptiness within me because that emptiness I'm trying to fill with these earthly things, and I will just grow more and more bitter over time. But Christ came to satisfy the longings of our heart and those empty places of our soul. So what do we do in those moments? We grow content in place of coveting. We grow content, and this is how we break the chains by the Word of God and the Spirit of God, by growing content in where we are. Now, 
what we do is we grow to truly appreciate Christ's gift of eternal life. And we grow to cherish the everlasting love that he offers to us. And when we grow to appreciate and to cherish these things, these heavenly things, these things of above, we will grow to desire nothing else because God has given us more than we could ever want in Jesus Christ. He's given us more than we could ever need in Christ. He has given more than we could ever desire in an everlasting love and an eternal life found in Christ alone. So you and I grow content. We should strive to live like the Apostle Paul did as he wrote Philippians chapter 4. In Philippians chapter 4, we read the famous verse, I can do all things through Christ. But when you read the context of chapter 4, what you will see is that whether you and I are living in seasons of prosperity or we're living in seasons of poverty, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Money, possession, vacation, positions, no earthly treasure can actually strengthen you or strengthen me. These things will constantly fail to do so. Christ never will fail us. Jesus came to satisfy the depths of your heart that you have trying to fill with one thing after another, after another. And then because you are not satisfied, you're looking at how happy other people appear to be or how much they appear to have. And you're constantly growing and comparing yourself to them and then coveting what you do not have. The sacrifice of Christ on the cross the tomb that was left empty, the eternal home awaiting for us and his spirit to live within us should be the source of our life, should be the source of our joy. It should be the source of our strength. It should be the source of my satisfaction and my contentment to know that in Christ, I have all that I will ever need and then some. In Christ, I have all that I will ever need. Now, let me finish with this. I'm not telling you to stop your, quit your job and just praise the Lord all day tomorrow because you still have bills to pay. You still have light bills to, to, you know, to ensure the lights are on. You still have groceries to buy. So never stop working, never stop saving, never stop investing, never stop buying, never stop stewarding wisely, but never allow these things to define who you are or to be the things that your heart seeks and your minds dwell on. So if I could end with one thing on this Father's Day because us fathers like to keep things simple, do we not? Try to be men a few words, you know, try to be wiser than maybe we are. To simply put it, I would tell you this, seek Jesus, set your minds upon Jesus. Seek Christ, set your minds upon Christ and allow his blessings and his spirit to shape you and to break the chains of covetousness and comparison, to grow content in the blessings in the life that God has gifted you. Let's pray.